0: Regina Nissan, the presenting sponsor of Off The Hazel Podcast. And this month, you can get into the all new Nissan during the Find Your Thrill event. Finance the 2021 Nissan Murano for 0% for 60 months. Or check out and pre-order the redesigned 2022 Nissan Pathfinder. Make sure to head on down to Regina Nissan at 1111 Broad Street, Regina, Saskatchewan. Or visit them online at reginanissan.ca.
1: four birdies in a row for Drew Kosher to close out the day with a smooth 69 ladies and gentlemen and would you look at that Troy Kosher stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway the reverend can't drive he can't hit his irons and he can't putt but boy can that guy drink You're listening to Off the Hazel presented by Nissan Regina. Now, here's your host, Drew Kosher and co host Troy McClure Kosher. Hey,
0: everybody, welcome back for an episode of Off the Hazel, episode 105. My name is Drew Kosher. I'm your host, and we're joined by the whole crew today Stat Guy Rip. What's going on, fellas? Tori Codlin, all the way down in Houston Airport. Good day, boys. And we finally get the man in orange, the biggest oiler fan of all, and we'll talk about that today. My brother, the original co-host, Troy Kosar. What's
2: up there, fellas? How we doing?
0: Oh, boys, we got a day today. Yeah. We got a day. We're all good. Uh, yeah. Should we drop off the Nissan ad first and then go into it? Yeah, fire up a Nissan. Fire up a Nissan ad here. We got to mention this, it's a Nissan-driven podcast, number one place to get next vehicle, oil changer, any vehicle-related needs. Located on 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan. It's time today to switch to drive Nissan. All right, boys. Roundtable. It's been a while. Uh, let's go to Troy. What's going on?
2: Uh, not too much. Just at work, as you can tell by my bright, flashy clothes. Boys gave me a few minutes to chit-chat with you guys. You forgot to plug Divots, eh? Oh, yeah. Divots. I was there I was there this past week. Me and oh, the it. How was it? Heard you uh, She beat. She beat me because I used your shitty... Fucking title is Blades that I couldn't hit. My old club. Didn't have a driver. Didn't have a three wood. Had to use Jill's putter. Yeah, good times. Anyways, divots into our golf. 68-23 Rochdale.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy, Troy.
2: Stay hot. Yeah, check. uh, They've been busy, actually. It was quite busy. We went Tuesday morning, uh, 10 o'clock, I think. It was packed house. So uh, Food was great. Golf sucked. but. uh, You had a
0: good time.
2: Yeah, as soon as Mikey gets us fitted here for our new tailor maids, uh, life's gonna be a lot better. So yeah,
0: Mikey. What,
1: what did you get to eat, night? Troy?
2: Uh, I went with the nachos.
1: Nachos oh, in nice a pilsner.
2: Po- nachos in a pilsner. It was oh, quite oh, funny. Actually. You're probably wearing Where... that orange coat while you're eating it too. No, I wasn't actually. I had my uh, purple Macho Man shirt on. But <laughs>
1: hey, I I love the old Tuesday 10 a.m. pill. Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, wait- the waitress comes around. Anything to drink? Started with a coffee. 10 o'clock. 10:45 eh? Ah, throw me a pill. Jill looks yep. at me. She's like, it's quarter to 11. I'm like, we're golfing, aren't we? <laughs> she just shook her head. So yeah.
0: Valid point. That is a valid point. Okay. So Troy's caught up. He's been golfing. He's I hope that was a can of the dry. Um, yeah. Oh, Dr. Pepper. Nice. Uh, not quite as good as the black Adel, but that'll do. No. Uh, yeah, we need our clubs. You know, I talked to Mike the other day boys, February. It sounds like we're getting our fitting done. So I can't wait. Cause the tailor made driver looks disgusting. Um, as,
1: as Brian Car- carbon says, Wood. Disgusta.
0: Yeah, disgusta. Carbon
2: Wood.
1: Carbon Wood. Uh, Troy, I notice you're wearing an Eagles hat. They're I getting... don't
2: want to talk about it because I okay. just left, I left the lunchroom and it was 14 fucking nothing, seven yards in. Uh, oh, no. Jalen well, Hurts is not a quarterback.
1: You, you don't have Her- to talk about it. I'll talk about it for you. They're getting, It's 17 zip now. <laughs> yeah. if,
2: if you want to be a running back, be a running back. You can't be both.
1: I went through three years with them, so I know the program. Yeah, he's brutal.
2: Sorry about Bama, buddy. That was a good game, though.
1: Up yeah, it was, a, it was a great game.
2: Jill's still waiting for a hoodie, by
0: the way.
1: Yeah, I need to send it. <laughs> Check the game notes, bud.
0: All right, Tori, what's up with you? I know you're in an airport here. Uh, what's up?
1: Yeah, just heading back. Uh, kind of had a weird week. I got sent to Georgia, and I thought I was going to be there for three weeks, and then Wednesday night, they pulled me and now I'm going uh, back to California, so oh, boom. Man, man, your life sucks,
0: yeah. living in those sweet places. Yeah, Dude, it, I promise living in you, the States.
1: I was in the, I'm in the shittiest parts of both states, so Doesn't it's matter. not as – I was not at Augusta right now, and, you're in a good spot. and Torrey Pines. True. I
2: haven't been on in a couple of weeks, and I saw, Tori. you were back in the homeland here during that minus 50. How was that?
1: Yeah, it was deadly, actually. Like we weren't, I think the coldest I got when I was there was like minus 28 or something like that. So it wasn't too bad. The first three days were like minus 10. Quit so whining, it was nice. Torrey. Great weather.
0: What's that? I say quit whining, Tori.
1: I'm who's, not whining. I'm saying it's was beside you. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's tell my it, other. Yeah, uh, that's me.
0: Tell her to shut it down. Uh, it's, a, it's a baby goat.
3: <laughs> All right,
0: ah. Turner. What's up with you? What's going on? Uh, Nothing. Just finished a weekend of playing hockey. Had to deal with some more mouth problems, but here we are, still talking. Don't have a lisp right now. Oh, there it
2: is. Nice, go- oh. nice goal, by the way. Thank you. Went viral on Twitter. Yeah. I think I had like 118 views. That a boy.
0: Yeah, that's, no, that's viral. Four point weight oh, tri- for the kid, though. Yeah. I know. Okay. I know. I'm watching. Suck it, suck it Babs. Yo. Yeah. We, <laughs> we split with one of the best teams in the country, fucking nine forwards. Not even. Did you, did you chirp him? No. I was too busy <laughs> having blood in my mouth.
2: Hey, guess who cut his yes, lip did open? Did ask him for an autograph? No. I tried to fire no. punk at him.
0: <laughs> guess who cut his lip open, Troy? Uh, who? Wyatt. Wyatt Johnson. Hey, pitchfork me to cocksucker.
2: <laughs> oh, he's playing U.S.? Yeah. Yeah. He last year. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. Uh, what about you there, host?
0: Bad weight for the boys in Burgundy. Four point weight for the storm. Hot. Uh, Baydell safety game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> That's about it, boys. Just keep trying to find guests and uh, keep the thing going. Race, race. Speaking of guests, though, last week 104 was Tim Peel. Uh, Troy weren't on it, but everyone's thoughts. If you listen to Troy, uh, Turner, Tory thoughts on Tim Peel,
1: legend. That was. I. Th- I think that was one of my favorite shows so far. Yeah, he was legit. Absolutely. I I can agree with that. You have a chance yeah. to listen, Troy, or no? No, but I got
2: a lot of feedback from actually a few guys at work here that listened to it. They all said it was really good. I I have a hard time listening to our podcast. I'm sorry. It's just I, I talk to you guys daily basis, so I don't want to hear voices when I'm at work. You know what I mean? So don't yeah, take no, that the sure. wrong way.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks. I'm taking that the wrong way. <laughs> no, nah, you're not. Okay. I'm
0: so <laughs> um, upset. Turner doesn't have his computer today, but We'll get to the golf in a second here, but we got to bring up the hot topic and the elephant in the room. I rewatched the game from last night. I didn't watch it, obviously. We were too busy winning <coughs> um, the Oilers. Oh. We're going to get to Troy, probably third. He'll probably jump in at some point here, but, boys, where are we at with this one? You he should He's, go
2: to me first. Okay, well, yeah. let's go right to Troy. Let's yeah. go right to
0: him. What do you think? Where, where are your head at?
2: I haven't seen an Oilers game in two weeks because of COVID. Last night, pretty pumped up. Well, oh, we're playing the 30th place team. Ottawa should get an easy win here, right? So I go to bed because I had to be up at four o'clock this morning. The Oilers are up 3-1 going into the third period. I fall asleep. Two points, right? I wake up at four o'clock this morning. Trending on Twitter is Oilers, McDavid, Cassian. I'm like, oh, they didn't play that good What I watch. Click on it. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Six, five loss or six, four loss? Five goals in the third period, and I then I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch McDavid's post game. He no. he he looks broken, disheveled, and I've said it before on the show. I'm gonna say it again. They don't make playoffs this year. He's asking for a trade in the offseason. He 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 looks like he wants out of there. Something is definitely going wrong in that dressing room. It's gone. I, kind of, I don't know. What kind of, I don't know what kind of captain he is, to be honest, because we don't see what's going yeah. on in the locker room. Um, everyone's calling for Tippett's head. I don't think it's Brad Tippett. The weather's gone through how many coaches in the last 10 years? Kenny Holland. Okay. Yeah. What have I said since day one? Goaltending. Go Goaltending. Yeah. Defense. Bottom six have to do something. It's so frustrating that they're 2-9-2, uh, and two, I think, their last uh, 13, if my mouth's right.
0: Well, they've only scored first 10 times this year, which is – incredible when you have two of the best players in the world
2: again i, I can't you, see you don't win many games I, I, I didn't see the the last parts of the game because i fell asleep but i mean you guys obviously watched it like what, what the hell happened ah
0: you know you, they did a little complacent i mean from what i watched it would just look like okay we're here we're here and then we're going to find a way and they didn't find a way but like i said when you don't when you only score the first goal 10 times out of what did they play this year in the nhl how many games they played Edmonton's played 35 out of 35 games. It's hard to win hockey games when you're always chasing.
2: I find it hard too. When I coach it's, it's, it's deflating. It's hard, but it's not just that drew. It's the fact that, yeah, okay, you're down one, nothing. A lot of the times. Yeah. It's the second and the third, it's the first or the second goal. That shouldn't be goals.
0: Yeah. they no, should exactly. be safe.
2: These goalies given the puck away. I don't care who it is. If it's Smith or that, uh, uh what's the, that
0: was junk. Skinner.
2: Koskinen, yeah. Yeah. You can't be coughing up the puck like that. Last night, uh, Skinner gave up that one. You yeah. know, uh, I mean Calgary's not doing any better either. No. The beautiful thing, Battle of Alberta's coming up soon, so somebody's got to fucking win.
0: The you only know? thing, it it it's just weird because Edmonton was what one in the division, and now yeah. they're like barely in the playoffs. They're not even in the playoffs. So like like what? Is Calgary. It's just wild to me to see what has happened. So um, there that's a good that's a lot of good points though coming from a fan perspective. And
2: what about you, Tori? What are your thoughts on the Oilers?
1: Uh, I really haven't watched them a whole lot to tell you the truth, but I'm I'm seeing what, what's going on. Obviously, some, something has to be terribly wrong if they're selling or they're um, signing what's his nuts. God, I can't even think of his name right now. Who'd they just oh, sign? Gander King. Evander Kane. Well, oh, they're know.
2: gonna sign him. It sounds like. Like that's not your problem. Oh, I
1: no thought problem. it was done. Okay, my bad. It, it my hasn't been officially one. announced yet. Gotcha. But I, I, that's all I can say. <laughs> Something's obviously terribly wrong going on there because they, they have to too much out. talent. They yeah. need to figure it out because they have they do have talent. Um,
0: It's yeah. wasting away though. It's too bad. It's it's too bad, Wait. honestly. Connor well, just sold his twenty-fifth
2: birthday. the thirtieth. I said, yeah. Connor just celebrated his 25th birthday. Like you're wasting away yeah. his years yeah. where when Crosby was 25, he's winning Stanley Cups. Yeah. Right? Like Crosby yeah. And
0: yeah, then you look at guys like Steve Eisman, though, too. He didn't win his first cup till he was like 30, though. So
2: different, different brand of hockey, though, when you're going back from 1997 to 2022. True. 2022. Yeah, that's fair. But it's let's go to yourself. the flip side of the page. I, I want to ask you guys about the Panthers. Holy shit.
0: Wag on. Yeah, sick. Fuck. They're so good.
2: Another nine spot last night. Yeah.
0: They, they score and not just like one or two. They score in bunches. I was listening to a game and they, they, I don't know, five years ago, ten years ago, you go into Florida, you go into Tampa, it's like, oh, okay. We're hopefully getting four points or three and four or get a split. Now you got to play Florida and then you got to play Tampa. Fuck me. Those yeah. are two heavy teams.
1: Yeah, they're good. That's a rough little uh, swing there when you get that roadie. Yeah, absolutely. Turner, thoughts? Anything? Thoughts. Oilers, Leafs?
0: Are Oilers are junk. I watched uh, Leafs Vegas. Hey, Turner.
2: Scooch into the screen a bit, Terry, eh? so all the people can see you. There you are. Okay. No one can see me.
0: This is just audio, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Anyhow, It's okay, buddy. <laughs> Don't worry about it.
1: Here I, I was. was. <laughs> I, got
2: all dressed. I got all dressed up for this.
1: Here. We can keep our resident man rocket off Off off-camera right now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, uh,
0: I watched, yeah, so I watched the Leafs-Vegas game, and, the, like, these two teams were nasty.
1: Yeah. How sick was that goal? The St. Louis game last night?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where he was getting ragdolled in the corner, went around the back of the net, put it back to the other, uh, the other guy, put it in, top shelf. Yeah, that was that nice.
1: That one, and then the winner from the tight angle. He was, like, on oh, the I, goal line. There. Didn't see that one. Big win for the Leafs.
2: You know,
1: uh-oh. oh oh Tori, is that your flight no i'm oh. c33 big boy okay
0: <laughs> check the game notes uh okay <laughs> golf turner yeah do you have any stats here for us golf was uh on this week what was on the sony yeah sony open i did i don't have any stats right in front of me but i remember seeing i got you uh, covered I'd like the top amateur in the world was tied for fifth. What was it after after Friday or after Saturday?
1: Wow, yeah, that's legendary. We got going into today, boys. We got Henley at eighteen, Matsuyama at sixteen, and then Canadian Svensson, Canadian T three at dash fourteen, tied with a bunch of guys. But how about Cooch? He's like fifty years old. I don't know how old he is. Maybe forty five. Still just playing. I went away. Dark. It's so rich still. <laughs> oh, yeah. You think? <laughs> so rich. It's
2: the yeah. Skechers. Skechers.
1: I it must know. be, what about, yeah.
2: What about Kevin Not? I, I saw him Friday I was at work here too, but man, he was just making putt- after putt after What He, he bodied
1: someone on Twitter he's, too. He's he, T11 at minus eleven. He roasted someone on Twitter. Oh, was it funny? Saying funny. Canadian right Corey Connors T 18.
2: Shambo, he withdrew, did he not? Bad bad ankle or something. I'm yeah, pretty sure after Saturday or Friday he he uh, withdrew from the tournament.
1: Here's oh, something here, else. Hey, you guys
0: see yeah. this tweet? It was uh, Grayson Murray, Kevin Na take, taking three minutes to putt them does dead does dead old, and then Chantel McCabe like requoted it. Kevin Na, you missing the cut is getting old. Boom. <laughs> oh, Body. boom.
2: Like, Mike, Michael Scott roasted.
0: <laughs> Someone yeah. like changed the Wikipedia to like deceased date for that guy. It was hilarious. Like <laughs> January 14th, <laughs>
1: <laughs> So funny. Brutal.
0: Okay. Let's go to our. Uh, we did golf. We did hockey. Perfect. Uh, Troy, actually, I want to ask you this because me and Turner both kind of were like, what on Thursday? MLB delay, training de- delay, or Can't. lockout? Lockout.
2: They're on, they're on a lockout. But it ain't getting done anytime soon. The uh, union went to the players on Thursday, I guess it was, Friday. And this basically sums it up. The reporter asked one of the players that was at the meetings, what's the difference between $100 million and a $150 million contract? Sorry. That's okay. What's the difference between a $100 million contract and $150 million contract when it's life-changing money already? And all the players said to the reporter was, don't you got a calculator? That sums up how the meetings are going. It's all yeah. about money. Yeah. There there was spring training will not be on time. Uh pitchers and catchers report here February, February 7th, I believe. Uh it ain't happening. This is gonna be a long drawn process. Oh, really? I doubt opening day starts in April when it's supposed to. So well, hopefully they're sucks going to for May. all us ball fans. Yeah, what's that? I'm going
0: down to LA in May. And the week that we're, we're there, the Dodgers play Phillies. So that better be
2: going. We're heading to Palm Springs, April 26th, and my Red Sox are in Anaheim and I want to yeah.
1: go, but it ain't gonna happen. Hey Turner, yeah. I'll be in LA in about four and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, suck my ball, story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that that's your
2: baseball update. There uh, there is no baseball.
0: It. I love it. Okay, let's go to we did our hockey, we did our golf, we did our baseball, we did our weekly round table. The boys are all caught up. Let's go to Tori has a new segment now he wants to bring up. Let's
1: go. It's really not new because Turner brought it up a couple episodes ago. Oh, my God. Dude, that, that grinds was like my the pipe gears. down. Yeah. yeah. Hey, turn it down in here. <laughs> there. They listen. Turner brought it up a, a few weeks ago about grinds my gears. And and you shoeless
0: people at that airport right now?
1: <laughs> not that, Actually, not that I've noticed at all. Keep on um, for bro. But no, I was just thinking driving here and stuff and looking on Facebook. And I like I like seeing people showing their pictures of like cooking, you know, and stuff like that because I, I dig it because I like to cook. Yeah. But when people make vegetables or anything, they always put the word "fresh" in front of it, like fresh tomatoes, fresh carrots. <laughs> like, fuck, you bought it from the damn grocery store. Is it really that fresh? <laughs>
2: You're
1: you buying rotten it. shit. Like fresh. Tomatoes with fresh rosemary covered with fresh balsamic vinaigrette. Like, (laughs) get over yourself. I like that. Okay, next one. Sounds like rabbit food. The other one, and this grounds my gears. This happened to me this morning on the airplane. How in the fuck do our headphones get so tangled up? How is it possible? Like, you wrap it around nice and tight. Like, I usually do it around my hand. And then you go into it and it's like a maze. Oh it's, yeah. It's like yeah. professionally knotted itself. Well, you and <laughs> like Troy should they, get it. They've, they've of got a the life its own. I got a solution
2: mm-hmm. for that, Tori. Oh, the... oh, here we go. There,
1: there we go. go. Wireless. Works <laughs> wonders.
0: Uh, Works wonders. Be an adult and get the AirPods. The, the Apple, well, ones. I, I got, Apple. I got, I got the wireless, but I can't no. pl- plug them into the computer. No. Hey, you know what drives my gears when you're driving? On a, you know, okay, for Torrey, it's a freeway. For us, it's the ring road. Uh, people in Saskatoon, it's circle drive. And I'm driving 104 in the left lane. And this guy's going 98 in the right lane. And then I get over and he passes me and then goes just in front of me. Or the same speed. Oh all the Fuck worst. Off. <laughs> like, either go or back off. You know? Piss me. Anyhow. A-
1: 100%.
0: Do I get one now? Uh, absolutely. You know what really grinds my gears? People who use Androids as phones. Boom, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> be an adult. Get an iPhone. Troy, your turn.
2: Adult. Oh, Jesus. Did you say be an adult and you have a fucking iPhone? You have 12 yeah. buttons on your phone. I have like 68 different things I can do. iPhones are for like... Oh, I get can't a, say it. Get it's a, a Blackberry I'll, I'll tell you off the air. How's that sound? Oh, Black you can say it. it. No, Blackberry. I can't. Blackberry yeah. What did you ask me? What grinds my you gears? Want an, yeah, you want an uh, LG rumor?
0: I had one of those. Part of me. I said you should be using the LG rumor.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what grinds my gears? Uh, choosing professional sports teams that you cheer for your whole life and they all fucking suck. That's what grinds my <laughs> gears.
1: <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> that was good. I yeah. like that. Okay,
0: let's go into our guest. Uh, Troy wasn't there, unfortunately, and Tori wasn't, but. Again, Troy being another fan, he was a first-round pick. This guy came up a little bit before his time. One of the most skilled guys that I've ever seen touch a hockey stick and puck. Uh, Unbelievable talent. He does things. He did all the Zedrus and the Michigan and all that stuff before it was even called those things. Uh, Boys, Rob Shrimp. Uh, If you guys know him, I'm sure, Troy, you do. Tori, you probably know him. Uh, We talked to him, but uh, your guys' thoughts just on Rob Shrimp alone before we go into
2: it. I got a quick story about Robbie Shramp. So when uh, we were living out in Grand Coulee there, Drew, you've met my neighbor, Steve. Die yep. Oiler fans. So first year we get together. Oilers go on that playoff run. So what year is that? I don't know. Seven Before? years ago, Whatever it was.
3: No. Rocket seven Oilers. years ago. Oh, the Whatever answers. it was.
2: Yes. Yes. So <laughs> he always made jokes about Robbie Shrimp, You know, the, the wonder kid. Should have been. Never happened. Never panned out. So he came up with this thing during the playoffs. That every game we'd have a Robbie Shrimp ring. We'd get shrimp ring, Robbie Shrimp ring. Yeah, um, and every time we got a Robbie Shrimp, every time we got a Robbie, sh- shut up, T- Tanner Turner, Turner <laughs> Robbie Shrimp ring, we they'd win. Well, of course, the one game that they lose, we never had a Robbie Robbie Shrimp ring. Well, we ended up tagging him on Twitter. He thought it was freaking hilarious. So yeah, anyways.
0: Well, so here's the solution then. When we post this tomorrow, you got to bring out the Rob Shrimp ring every time they
2: play. Now, Robbie Shrimp ring. Actually, Steve texted me today. I swear to God. He Rob goes, Schreiber. All hell has been lost. We need to get a Robbie Shrimp ring going again. And I haven't heard that in years. Wow. Well, fuck, years. I haven't heard that. So it's quite, Wait, quite cool. funny.
0: Tori, thoughts?
1: I wasn't there, but I do remember uh, Robbie Shrimp on Team Canada. That's... He's, nope. He's American. <laughs> Centino, <laughs> no, oh, Team US. Well, no, World Juniors is what I meant. There you go. Sorry. There you go. I apologize. Dash two. <laughs> Did he play London Knights, right? Yeah, he played yeah. on the best team ever. Shocker. a
0: member and an OHL championship. Oh. Legendary. Turner, thoughts on this how, how was he?
2: How was he, guys? Unbelievable.
0: Unreal. He is such an intelligent human when it comes to hockey and how he breaks things down. Like, even after the interview, when we're just and like, kosher trying to learn shit from him, this guy is so intelligent. His hockey IQ is through the roof. Like, he, he was ahead of his time. Like, if he was playing, if he was coming up now, he'd for sure be a top six guy on any team in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Well,
2: I know, I know Drew had messaged me already joining the podcast. I'm like, dude, I work day shift. Can't you get the time change? And he's like, uh, a little tough. He's in Latvia. I'm like, oh, okay. Totally understand. Yeah.
0: yeah well, it's wild. It's like he's the same time zone as Merle. So we had, we did it at 12 noon on the lunch hour and he was 9 PM his time or 8 PM his time. So yeah, those European guys are tough to get their time zones figured out. But yeah, right. Rob Shrimp, wagon, good dude. Um, I think we had nothing else here Let's send to, to Rob Shrimp. What do you think? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Rob, sure. Yeah. Hope you enjoy it.
2: Off the Huzzle is proudly presented by Cutter and Buck Clothing. Cutter and Buck Clothing is crafted for your active lifestyle, engineered for exceptional versatility, so it will be perfect for work, work from home, travel, date night, golf, walking, boating, hiking, and entertaining. Their clothing is thoughtfully engineered with performance features like moisture wicking, stretch, UPF for sun protection, and with easy care and time-saving features such as durable collars, added spandex, and blended fabrics that are comfortable and stylish. Cutter & Buck shares their commitment to sustainability with their commitment to sustainable products, sustainable operations, and sustainable production. When you choose Cutter & Buck clothing, you are getting the genuine spirit of the Pacific Northwest. Check out Cutter & Buck on all their social media platforms.
0: All right, we're pleased to have on today from Fulton, New York, Easily one of the most skilled guys to ever lace him up. First round draft pick at Edmonton Oilers in 2004. He's a Memorial Cup champion and probably best known for his puck skills and cross plays on ice. After all that, we're pleased to have on today, Rob Shrimp.
3: What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here and I'm excited to have a little hockey talk and golf talk with you guys today.
0: Absolutely. Love and it. Like I said in the intro, one of the most skilled guys I've ever seen via YouTube or whatever ever, it is. You so. ever seen Luch play? No, no, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Rob, first things, first things first here. What's going on with you? How are things with you? What's going on? Um, yeah, what's up?
3: Yeah, things are good, man. Jump back into the game, doing some player development stuff and, and working with players, doing game video and, and then doing some you know mentorship sort of stuff uh with players on a one-on-one basis. What we live, we moved to Latvia two years ago and uh just starting to get my lane figured out and sort of develop a couple of things. So doing it from Latvia, my family's, my wife's from here. So we moved back here. we got a daughter now. She's almost four and uh, yeah, things have been going really well. So even though pandemic, you know, outside of that, it's been a, it's been an interesting couple of years, but developing this new lane for myself has been kind of fun, you know, seeing some challenges and uh, developing outside the game of hockey in, the, in a business sense, but uh, you know, using hockey as the business, it's, it's been pretty unique.
0: Absolutely. Okay, Rob, I want to talk about, you know, growing up in Fulton and I don't know if that's 100% correct, but, you know, walk us through a young Rob Shrimp. Uh, you know, hobbies, sports, uh, just kind of what you were up to as a youngster.
3: Yeah, I was, I was at very athletic. I played every sport growing up. Um, wrestle, football, baseball, uh, basketball was very brief. Um, funny story, actually, I almost quit hockey for basketball. My dad played, you know, and that was his kind of major sport. And I was eight years old. Um, I was going to play basketball instead of hockey because they're obviously the same season. And uh, my next door neighbor, Robbie Williams, me and him grew up together. We were out outdoors every single day, playing everything you can imagine, lacrosse, basketball, get the hockey sticks. So we were, you know, thick as thieves. And uh, he had this pair of, he had a pair of flack shoulder pads and you could rock them for lacrosse or hockey. And I love these things. So uh, the day that I was supposed to go to basketball trials, Robbie says, Hey, if you don't play basketball and you play hockey, I'll give you those shoulder pads. And I was like, That's all it took for me. <laughs> I, I never actually went and played. So it saved my, it saved everything, you know, because, you know, the, the way it panned out, you know, five foot 11 with an 18 inch vertical, I'm not really sure how far the basketball career would have taken me. So not
0: exactly Steve Nash, eh?
3: Yeah. No, <laughs> so I think I made the right route and Robbie helped me get back on track. So yeah. Robbie Williams is, is a, I got a lot to thank to Robbie Williams.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Robbie, let's jump into your hockey career a bit here. Um, when did you really start getting a passion for it? I guess you kind of, you got the, you just told the story about how you got into it, but because at a young age, you had a ton of success. So let us know about that.
3: Yeah. For me, I was a house kind of a house league player up until I was 10 years old. Like just that Travel hockey, so to speak, Fulton, New York. We played a lot of towns like that, like within 45 minutes. You know, our big treat was going to Buffalo every year for the Pepsi tournament up until I was 10. It was like a huge kind of year end event um, that was two hours away or so. And that was a big travel day for a big travel weekend for us. So up until 10, I was just playing that kind of house league circuit, so to speak. Um, I was pretty good at it. And then at 10, I got seen by a triple A team, the Syracuse Elite triple A crunch was the name of the team. It's a mouthful to say, um, but they, they wanted me to play with them and, and they gave us a chance and we took it. And that summer from 10 to 11 years old, I hit a gross for like four inches and grew like you know, 30 pounds almost. And my game really kind of elevated at that point. Um, there was that piece of it. And then the other piece of it that was really, you know, instrumental for me was Don Kernan uh, bought the rink in Fulton, New York. And he was huge. He was awesome. He's a very brilliant hockey mind. Um, and his son, Donnie Kernan Jr. took over the rink. And this guy, I've, I've spoken about him before. Donnie Kernan Jr. has the best shot that I've ever seen in the world. You know, I played in NHL, KHL, all these leagues, and Donnie was running that rink. And my dad got my brother and I some some lessons with Donnie Kernan Jr. And that, you know, those couple factors, Don Kernan taking over the rink, He gave us access to our family. Anytime you guys want to use a rink, go ahead. Then his son teaching us and being our mentors taught us so much about shooting and scoring. Um, That 11-year-old year, year, I scored uh, around between 350 and 400 goals. And I had probably around in the range of 600 points. And I just gained a ton of confidence and my game just skyrocketed. So um, that was kind of where it started. And and from there, it was just, it was a huge rocket ship up until 16, 17 years old. So. lots
0: well, that's a lot of points and a lot of goals. So Rob, yeah. I got, I want to talk about the OHL here. Um, you started with Mississauga then got moved to London. I don't know if there's any money on the table there getting you over there, but walk us through you, you won rookie of the year, dominated it, uh, in, in Mississauga, you found success right away. You know, walk us through your first
3: year junior. First year at OHL was tough for me, honestly. I played Tier 2 the year before when I was 14. Uh, so 14, 15, I was playing Tier 2, and I, was, I had really good success. ton of points and was playing well and dominating. And, yeah, I would say I was dominating the games. And then I got to the OHL, and it was, that was my first real uh, eye-opener and challenge as far as that because I couldn't. That level was – I mean – yeah. 85 birth year, which was one year older than he was pretty stacked. You know, Jeff Carter, Mike Richards, even on my own team, Patrick O'Sullivan. Um, wow. It was a very good league. So Don Kernan was my mentor growing up and he always told me, um, listen, Rob, every year that you change or every time you go into a new league, it's going to take you 10 games to adjust. And that didn't really have a factor on me going in like tier two. My first uh, my first game in tier two at 14, I had a hat trick. And I followed up my first like 10 games. I had like 25 points. So I'm like, this would go either way, I guess. (laughs) Um, But that's the first time it hit me was OHL. It was a challenge. You know, I came in, I was doing okay point-wise, but I'd never been snuffed like that. My first 10 games, I didn't get a goal. I didn't have one goal, but I still had 12, 13 assists or something like that. I was never used to that. I always had goals and and kind of balanced with assists, but so took me a minute to realize the league and trying to find the patterns and find the, um, you know, find the flow of the game at that level. And then once I got my feet wet and and started after that 10 games, really, it was, it landed true. Like from game 10 on, I really did well and had success and started taking over games. And then it was some, you know, some nights patio Solomon would take over game the next night. It would be my night. So we kind of had that pretty cool balance that way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that first year was fun. It was, you know, moving away from home. It was different. And, um, different surroundings different settings but you know the one thing i was very grateful for was the people that were there with the Ludzik family steve Ludzik was my coach and he was awesome he's like a second father to me and uh treated treated me very well and i had a ton of respect for him he taught me some hard lessons too i showed up to training camp that year i had no idea about off-ice training i never for me it was always just i got as much ice time as i could and that was my training
1: yeah
3: um showed up for fitness testing at like 18 body fat and <laughs> he was like yeah no <laughs> so, um but you know, that was part of the that was part of the struggle too to be honest with you. I was a bit overweight so 10 games it was you know 10, uh, 10 games in the season got us to about let's say like mid-october maybe almost november and then once i kind of ledsy told me he's like you're gonna get in shape you're gonna i'm making you get in shape if you don't get in shape you're not gonna play and once you do you're gonna see the results and sure enough when i dropped my body fat my weight came down i started feeling lighter on the ice started having success could move around you know, these defensemen at the OHL level are just, you know, a couple of notches better than that tier two. So you got to be agile. You got to be fast. And I yeah. uh, just started, the success started to come. So that's what really, for me, bought me a lot of respect for Ludzie because his, his advice was very accurate and it was, it, I could see that it was helping me. So um, it was awesome.
0: Nice. Rip, we're the member there. What's up? The member. Yeah, the member. Um, all right, let's go back. Let's go into the London Knights and like, their program here um as it, yeah as everyone knows it's a dominant program um what's the mentality that guys come in there with and like what makes that program so success, successful
3: uh the hunters have i mean have amazing uh, amazing experience in the game um mark hunter won a stanley cup dale played 20 years and played like an absolute warrior um and he didn't get a chance to win a stanley cup but he was a captain of the washington capitals for a long time um, you know, true competitor. So these guys have great experience in the game, great knowledge in the game. So their theories on what it takes to win is not, it's actually not theories. It's, you know, it's proven and it's the right details. You know, they're not saying, we're going to put up these catchphrases on the wall. We're going to have this culture for them. It's, we're going to have a winning culture and they know how to win. So as a player, that's a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's a ton of fun to win. It is. That's what we all want to do. And, the fact of the matter is, is Dale can also develop players as well. He can teach guys, you know, the power plays always clicking at 25 to 30% every single year, it seems. Um, for me personally, it taught me a lot about the power play. Before going to London, I I would score in the power play, but it'd be more raw talent and just using my, you know, abilities to score goals because we had one more guy. Where with Dale, I learned a lot about the setup, you know, the, each piece of it, the moving parts and the manipulation. You know, kind of, manipulation and when to attack, when to shoot. And, you know, all those details um, we all learned and everybody that plays there learns. So coming out of London, that's, that's one of the best things is you, a lot of guys, you know, if you're a power play guy, you'll really get some in-depth knowledge and and information on what it takes. So that's, that's the biggest thing. And then the city's wrapped around that team and, and every night the building's full. So there's atmosphere, there's motivation for the players. Um, it's not hard to get up and go when you got that, that kind of set up 9,100 and Decent they're loud and they're excited. What's that?
0: Eastern college there
3: too. And then, and then, you, yeah, well, I don't know about these times. I know in our times we really enjoyed that Western oh, road. It's still the same way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the other part of it as young, young dudes and your teams and uh, you know, you got that after the, after the show, after show. Yeah, after winning uh, Friday and Saturday <laughs> night. Yeah. You know, get, I mean, we had Jim Bob Razor's Cowboy. It was a you know country night on Sunday. so there there was so much fun there. We had a blast, and for us as a group, especially that Mem Cup year, we did it all together. We won to get, you know we won on the ice together. We we hung out and enjoyed the city of London together. We rolled together as a group. It's like a brotherhood. So it was you know it was amazing. It was such a good time,
0: and you lit it up, and you won a member and the league title. So yeah, that's hard to beat that. All uh, details, yeah. <laughs> Rob, I want to, I think I, I'm probably wrong on this. Was it 20th overall? In the 25th in the draft.
3: First uh,
0: first round, 25th overall. So in the 04 draft, walk us through that day. You had drafted to the Oilers. You know what? I mean, I don't know. We love this stuff. Obviously, like talking to guys that had drafted. And, you know, we've had guys that have been like supposed to go in the first. and They don't go to the fifth. And they're sweating and they're changing suits. Walk us through the day. Um, you know what it meant to you and your family.
3: Yeah, it was wild. It's uh, it was it was crazy. So you now that's the day you kind of for us that's kind of turn that mindset onto the NHL. Probably around fourteen or fifteen, it started to become more serious. So those you know those three or four years, you're really geared towards this kind of that one day, of the draft, because it's, it's up to that point you feel like that's the most important thing in the world. Yeah, and uh, where you get picked and that sort of thing. So a lot of energy, a lot of emotions, and, and I was ranked higher than I went, and then I didn't fall to the fifth, but. I was ranked top ten and was slipping down, and that's in those moments, it's, it it feels like each minute feels like an hour. It's, it seems so long. You don't know what's going to happen, and you know then you're you're literally as you slip, you're you don't have any idea why you're slipping. It's not like they're, you know, commentating over this. You're just sitting there, be really like, okay, what's happening? You know, and for me, I was ranked top ten, and then all those meetings after the top ten uh, teams that were picking that year, all the probably 10 or 12 teams were like you're not going to be here at our pick so you know this meeting doesn't matter that much but you know we'd love to have you so after the, the 10 top 10 so it's like each time that I remember the meetings with the people like yeah they're going to get me and then they don't and then you know, so it's like this roller coaster and it's funny to laugh now but when you're sitting in it dude it's a pressure cooker and you're kind of like what the you know what's what is what's happening so yeah. and to top it off I had the NHL camera were sitting like two stairs down with the camera on me kind of it, it was like the whole time until i got picked and i was mic'd up and i was like that's even worse you know <laughs> it's like, get this out of here I don't want to wanna... <sighs> just uh, waiting for it <laughs> yeah so once we got picked i had i had a ton of people down there we had 125 people friends and family that came down um a lot of people drove down my my uh, aunts and uncles brought their motor home down so it was a it was a big celebration a big roar once i got picked and
0: where was um, the draft?
3: Raleigh, North Carolina.
0: Okay, cool, awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's not cold there. No. <laughs> yeah. we went hot in that rink then in the summer.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. So that was it. Was good to get over and having all those people there. That a lot of people that were along for the whole ride. You know, some of my youth hockey buddies were yeah. playing together. Eleven years old. Their families were down there. It was really cool. So uh, once that stress kind of got over and finally got picked, it was it was we celebrated and enjoyed enjoyed what just happened and. Uh, we're happy to get, kind of get to our first steps to the show. Awesome.
0: All right. So you, you mentioned earlier how like, um, it takes 10 games to adjust to the next level. Let's talk about your pro, your pro life in North America. How, how do you feel like that, how it went and, uh, what was the big adjustment for you?
3: Yeah, my first year was in the minors and that was, it was the same thing. I struggled out of the gate. Yep. Uh, didn't have. I mean, I came off a really big point season in London, and thought I was going to carry that over and just dominate the A, and it didn't happen that way. So, you know, it's there's those variables. You go to a new league. there's a ton of different things. It's all new players, right? Um, new systems, different types of players. Especially when we, uh, when you're in the minors. That year, we had half of Edmonton and half was Pittsburgh Penguins. So it wasn't even the same organization. It was two totally different organizations and. Wow. They draft differently in one, you know what I mean? Like one's on the Eastern Conference, one's in the Western Conference. It's different types of players. So um, it was tough in the beginning because I didn't have a skilled guy to kind of partner up with. So in that conference, when we were there in Wilkes-Barre, it was like Hershey, Norfolk, Bridgeport. It was like a uh, Philadelphia Phantoms. It was a a big kind of physical conference. It was meat. I mean, we had four or five tough guys on our team. Every team had four or five tough guys. Yeah. And our team played this crash and bang type of style. And you think about where I came from the year before in London, we had, we had like a 40% power play and we had myself 40, 145 points, David Bowen, 130 points, Dylan hundred, uh, over hundred points, Sergei Kuznetsov around hundred points. So I had a lot of guys to kind of play that skill game with. And then I didn't have that. So it was a struggle for 10, 15 games, maybe even more. There It was probably about 15 games. It took me to adjust to that sort of, um, style and, and everything. And then the big thing for me, my rookie year was uh, around December Edmonton had traded for Robert Nielsen. I think, I think it was right around then, right around me. I might be off in the timeframe, but whenever it was, we got Robert Nielsen who's one of the most skilled guys I've ever played with in my life. He was nasty. And once he came over, we clicked like that. And my, I started to get points. I mean, the first 15 games, 20 games, I probably had like seven to 10 points You know, I wasn't putting up. Yeah. So, from that point on, I wound up being a you know we wound up being a point of game, and I got you know, pretty good totals my first year. I think it was fifty three points in sixty something games, and kind of salvaged the season. So, I was it was good. It was a good learning experience and, and seeing what pro was going to be like in some regard, um, opened my eyes a little bit and you know good adjustment period.
0: So after the after the NHL and you know the American League, you went overseas and your talent wasn't put to a halt by any means. You had some great numbers over there. Walk us through your time, you know, playing over in Europe, because, I mean, there's guys like yourself and, you know, Nigel Dawes, who's a king over there. Um, you, you guys found success, and is that because the game's just a little different than it is in the NHL, the American League? I mean, just walk us through uh, the time playing in Europe. Yeah,
3: Europe's so, I mean, it's a totally different game, and each country is different, too. So, Sweden's like, a, it's an unbelievable league, tight checking, very skilled, but uh, very tight checking system-wise, and time and space is is so tough to come by there. Uh, guys are unbelievable skaters. You can kind of see in the NHL. Now the numbers have swung a lot. There's so many Swedes. And the NHL is really uh, hot on Swedes right now because their skating ability, their thinking ability, hockey IQ is through the roof. Um, they're in great shape. So that league was was, in my opinion, outside the NHL was the second best league. Um, Switzerland was more like a little bit more like I wouldn't I don't want to talk degr- <clears throat> degraded by any means, but a little bit more like ball hockey, you know, like okay. A bunch of times, it didn't happen once or twice. But like the guy goes down on a breakaway, misses the breakaway. The other team get we get the puck back, and we spring a guy in a breakaway the other way. So first of all, how the first guy get the breakaway? Where was the nine other five defending players? And then the guy misses. That was a breakaway going back the other way. So it's just like back and forth a little bit, a little bit more open offensively. um You know, so that's why I felt about Switzerland. um Germany was actually is a really big developing league. I, I felt like I was really kind of opened my eyes that they've come a long way with their development. The league was sick and it wasn't just because there's a lot of imports there, but it wasn't the imports. It was the, the German guys. And I think the indicator for that would be 2018 Olympics. You know, they don't, they should have pulled, they technically were supposed to win there. Yeah. They had the lead with under two minutes power play and, you know, fluke block shot. So it is what it is that they lost. But the fact of the matter is that they were there and they're kind of pushing that pace and they're really coming a long way um, see some of their youth players now at Stutzel and Ottawa. So they're developing some great players and the league was, it was again, eye-opening for me. And it was, um, chance to see all these leagues was a lot of fun because it was all different types and d- different styles of hockey. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's totally different. So and, and kind of, when I first came over from the, I went from the NHL to Sweden, I thought I had that thought process, like big rink, I'm going to tear it up. Like there's gonna be so much, you know, and yeah, 10 game 10 game you know lesson. first 10 games i had four points yeah and like when i'm flying over i'm like i'm gonna have 100 points you know what i mean like i was like so set, like i'm gonna tear it up <laughs> coming from the show i'm gonna i'm gonna do it right and 10 games and four points and i was playing really good though like creating a lot of offense and playing well and both sides of the puck and all that stuff but it's just it's not that easy to score they you know they you know, my theory and the way I, that I saw it was in North America, you make one pass into a decent area. It's like bang, bang. And on the bigger ice, you got to You have to string together as a line two, sometimes three passes yeah. to get a great eight So there's so much, there's yeah. such a window there for failure that they don't like eventually someone makes a good defensive play. Yeah, that's a good
0: point. Um, I'm going to go away from hockey here. What was like the biggest culture shock, like for moving from North America to Europe?
3: um well i mean outside obviously the language barrier yeah um you know that there's that and then being in the nhl like it's such a they call it the show for a reason you're flying yeah. charters you're eating like these pregame game meals are unreal i think freddie meyer and i were in moto and the first pre-game meal was like hot dogs and rice and we're like
0: <laughs> perfect i'm in <laughs> that's my
3: <favorite. laughs> yeah, I, know, I know i wasn't like i didn't want to eat the hot dogs but Poutine know, grown up eat. yeah <laughs> But it was just like, okay, like this is a different setup, you know, and you know, just minuscule stuff like not being able to shop at the grocery store. You literally don't know what you're reading, what it is, some of the packaging, like those little nuances are after a couple months, you're kind of like, man, I just want to go and and not have someone translate for me or, you know. Yeah. Language is a big thing. It does, yeah.
0: Rob, I want to ask a question here. And I mean, you had to walk me through this because you were doing they call it the Michigan now. I, I used to call it the Crosby. You lift it up on your blade. And I've seen videos of you doing this, like on a three on two, like this must fuck up D man. Like, they're probably like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> the three on two, you're picking it up and you're throwing it on that. Like you, obviously you must've been a bigger cross player. I'm assuming where you were younger, but you know, when did that, I mean, I don't know. It's obviously a skill, but bringing it to a live game, you know, a three on two or a tight, tight play in the corner, whatever. I mean, walk us through just, well, I don't know how you felt that helped your game and change it. Yeah.
3: You know, I, I, did, I was doing it when I was, I, I picked that up. I remember the day that I picked it up really, I was 12 years old and I started doing it and you know, at that time in Syracuse area, people were like, they were wowed by it, like kind of fans of it. I would say like they enjoyed it. And then once I got to those higher levels, it was like, you ever do that? You're at you're, sit your ass on the bench. It's
0: like yeah. you your hand huh? backed off your body.
3: Yeah. yeah or someone's gonna kill you okay well then you know what the thing is here buddy like i can pick it up on my stick and play the cross with it so what makes you think that i can't see some meathead coming to run yeah <laughs> i'm just saying like yeah. not that that translates but like i see the ice okay and if i can find a pocket to pick this thing up on like a cross stick that means that i know the space pretty well and if dum-dum's gonna come hit me good luck
2: yeah
0: and <laughs> if he gets close
3: enough i gotta stick to you, and i'll spear him right in the face so try it you know <laughs> yeah. Love that. I grew up in and I played in that tier yes. two league. When I played yeah. the tier two league, that gave me my like confidence yeah. because I I mean I was getting tomahawk chopped and I wasn't doing the I did the cross thing a couple of times there and didn't go over well with the other team, which yeah. I don't care about. Like the other guys, if they're gonna get fussed because I can do something that they can't, like then oh well. Yeah. Um but there was times like when I was lighting it up, I was 14 and I was chirpy too, I was lippy. So I'd come down and dangle a guy, go through a defenseman. Instead of like him trying to make a play, he'd literally just take a stick like a baseball swing and break it over me. So I got my licks when I was younger and I wasn't really scared of that anymore. Yeah, You know, so taking a liberty on me, so to speak. Um, But yeah, the, so that the negativity kind of kept me away from doing it over in North America. in pro. And when I did it at Red Bull, I just, I was at a point in my career. I'm like, I, okay, like you're not going to bench me. I, you know, I'm clicking at like almost two points a game right now. If you're going to bench me because I tried something, you know, like this, then. Go ahead. You lose my thought, two points
0: out of Incredible. I was like, this is a three on two <laughs> zone entry. But I'm, I'm teaching guys how to kick it out and drive the middle or get, get the deactivated. You're out there, Crosby, and throw it into the net.
3: <laughs> well, the, the thing for me, what I fought with a lot was like, you got that negative kickback right to it. But for me, it's objective because, like you just said, what does a defenseman do? So if I come down and I keep this puck on this ice and I'm dangling, you know, the poke check is very effective or whatever. Yeah. As soon as you bring that puck off the plane and you bring it up in the air, like, how do you defend that? And the thing is, like, if he tomahawk slashes me, that's a slash. It's a penalty. Yeah. So it's two minutes. You, what are you going to do, spear me? That's another penalty. Like, what are you going to do? You really can't do anything as a D-man. You can just kind of like wave your stick. Yeah, so when yeah. you bring that other dimension of the ice into play, which is the air, it makes it objectively smart because it's, it's, you can escape from it too. And if you get to a place where you're comfortable with it, like if a guy lunges and tries to come at it, you can spin off with it like a lacrosse move. And now you're coming in and you're, you know, you're kind of one-on-one with the goalie. So there's a lot more to it than just fancy trick. I did enjoy that in the beginning when I was younger, but also when you, I do have the backup part of objectively why it works. Yeah. And you know, if you can, if you work on it, just like anything, if you don't work on your sauce pass and you're out there throwing, flailing ducks through the middle of the air, you're going to get shit too. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to pull this lacrosse move off, you keep trying to do it and you keep turning it over. Yeah. You're going to, you know, nobody wants to see that the coach, especially um, but if you master it, take the time to do it right and figure it out and you can pull it off, I don't see the, the right – it's not right to have a thing of like don't do that or the negativity that comes with the Michigan. It's like how else would you score from behind the net? <laughs> that's yeah, true. How else would you get it in the back of the yeah. net? You can't – would you rather him keep it on the ice and like try to take a hard snapshot off the goal he's backing in? Because if he misses that one, that's going out of the zone. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know? got to regroup. So- and you got to regroup. Does, like, does a guy like Zegers or, I can't even say his name, Shvestrikov, have they ever, like, Shvestakov. reached out to you and, like, said, hey, like, how do you do this? Or, you know, have they ever, like, reached out and be like, hey, Rob, like, you probably got shit on a little bit when you were younger. Like, I'm going to try this. Like, I mean, have guys ever reached out to you?
3: No, no. There's so much out there now for social media and that sort of thing where they, you know, guys are picking up tricks off of there and, and picking up these moves. And um, so, I me mean, I wasn't in that era little bit of youtube but i wasn't doing tutorials on it or anything it was just kind of get caught in like an all-star game and then blasted on youtube so um wrong era for me
0: yeah so so you mentioned that um how this is like these skills are such a big part of the nhl now um you grew up in like a heavier nhl more dump and chase kind of playing if you would have came up today do you think you would have had a longer nhl career
3: uh, I believe I do, yeah. The games change a lot. And I, I talk about it sometimes. But the thing is for me is I've I kind of proved what I can do in this game in old six. So yep. when the rules changed, they got implemented in the OHL and every league, NHL down. And at that level, where there's none of that hooking and all that other stuff, you know, and which the old game I enjoyed too, because you found your pockets inside of that. Yep. There There's different pockets of open space where you had to find patterns as a player understand where you can get to. And as a smaller guy compared to the bigger NHL, you where you could again find those holes where you weren't going to get mauled, you weren't going to get smoked or taken advantage of. So the old game was great too, but in 0506 with the new rules, I, I kind of proved my skill level. And now what we're seeing is 10 to 15 years down the road, even a little bit more, but like now that the game has evolved and it's really taken advantage of those rules and called the old NHL has kind of been washed out. Yeah. We're out of, we're no longer having the fighters, we're no longer having the guys that play or three minutes and, and have five penalty minutes, and we don't have just pure body checkers now. Like you have a guy like, like the game now is like Tom Wilson, Reeves, these guys they can play. So the evolution of the games finally happened from those rule changes in 0405 at that lockout. It's really kind of come. And now we have guys on hot streaks like 40 points in 20 games. And yeah, Nazim Kadri's on one right now. I mean, there's not one or two, there's like there's a lot. You've seen yeah. these skill really come to the top, and we're getting that point totals where it's fun to see. So I, I, I was a guy that knew how to go on streaks with points. And I think in today's era, being able to be creative and not have any of that negative, like, Oh, if I do this, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to play. Sent down. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sent to the minors. I having that freedom. And that's why in London I had so much uh, success. I didn't have, I was given that car bunch cause I, Dale had already given me my lesson on what he expected in my first year. So I knew my boundaries and um, gave me, that gave me a lot of creative freedom. I didn't get that much later on down my career. So played on like a little bit of a tight rope the rest of the time. And then when we get to Europe, when I did the three on two, the crossing again, I was, there was no rope. I was like, I just, (laughs) yeah, here you go.
0: (laughs) All right. So I was texting Merles. He told me to ask you about practicing with the junior team when you were 13. Uh, Walk us through that. (laughs)
3: Yeah, no, I, I got it. That was a great opportunity. Actually, those uh, Don Kernan owned junior team, Syracuse Junior Crunch. And out of Syracuse, they played in the Ontario Provincial. At that time, it was the Metro League. Uh, I think it was called the, yeah, it was called the Metro. So I, I used to go out there and, with those guys. And that's part of it. Donnie Kernan and his son taught me how to shoot. And then Don would bring me out with the juniors all the time. And a lot of time, he'd set me up with the goalies. And Don was a guy that used to go through a lot of goalies. Like at training camp, he would have like 15 to 20 goalies come try out. Wow. And Heavy. a lot of times Don would bring me, I would say I was 12, 13 at the time. And he'd be like to the goalie, like he's going to shoot on you. And I would you could see it. The guy would be like, What the hell? Like, yeah, why like what's this low budget operation? We got a kid out here, blah blah blah, you know, and I'd have a pile of pucks there, and I would just in my head I'd be like, Yeah, watch this, buddy. <laughs> and then I would just rip these goalies apart. Boom, first five shots, bar down, bar down, low blocker, low, like, and then they would start to get serious, and I'd just keep sniping and do be like, That's it, you get out of here, you're no good. <laughs> yeah. And so that was part of it. And then being around, like Merles was an idol of mine, to be honest with you. I grew up idolizing Merles. He was I went to all their games and watched them. And Merles was nasty. Like Merles was sick in that league, man. Um, he was going to college, so he wore a birdcage, and that's in that Metro League. It's a tough league, right? Like all the other Canadian teams are half shields. Yeah. Merles, I remember wearing. He's wearing these Bauer Air 90s with tongues out, <laughs> his birdcage jofa hanging off his face, your big mop, yeah. And and uh, no, I, I he tore it up, and I idolized him. And and those guys were great for me as far as hockey uh, to to kind of be able to go out on the ice with that level and you know there's a lot of days out in those practices i got in the drills i was it's tough to say from my own perspective but i was one of the best players outside of merles on the ice yeah Yeah. because so, merles than me and then don don was almost going to put me in a game at that age and then the league kiboshed it they're like no like 13 if he gets hurt like it's yeah, terrible well, insurance well, problems yeah. blah 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 but um, so the hockey part was great, but being in a locker room with those degenerates was probably not, the best thing. <laughs> not le- learning this stuff at 13 and hearing this crap was, uh, it got me a little bit too far ahead of where I should have been.
0: So Merle's also told me to bring up your trips to Sunsvale and, when you, or when you played in moto, uh, we love
1: stories. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, he was like a couple hours away, so it was awesome having Merle's there. We used to travel there whenever we get a break, and we'd, we'd hit up the casino in Sinsville. Um Chris Migliori was there one time, and yeah, we had a blast. So it was great having Merle's right down the road and playing against them a bunch. They were kind of a rival a little bit, uh, team row. So seeing him in warmups was it was it was hilarious. But yeah, we I took a couple trips down there. Uh, one trip it was. I kind of missed my, my ride back for two days. <laughs> so I extended no for choice. two days. Yeah. I kind of, I mean, I, I didn't have any urgency to get, to get back to moto and we and Merle's were having a blast. So, um, some casino nights, Yeah, we had a bunch of good laughs, so I won't, I won't go too much into detail because I don't think it's. We'll talk about the record to. about
0: that. <laughs> we, we did throw it Yeah.
3: <laughs> Thanks.
0: Okay, Rob, uh, walk us through your business. Now, what are you up to now? Skill development. I was, I was creeping the page there and it's, it's pretty cool. So walk us through that. And then I wanted to mention that I can't exactly say what Dale Hunter quoted, but he, I know he said that you ran one of the best power plays at the time for him when, you know, when you were in London, but, you know, obviously we all know how skilled you are, uh, walk us through your business and just how you're helping, uh, you know, players today.
3: Yes, the way that we're doing now is one-on-one with players with their game film and get the players, whether they're, I got a couple 11-year-olds and to be honest with you, when I started doing this, I didn't, I never saw it like that. I didn't have, that's not a target or where I thought the market would be, so to speak, but got a couple 11-year-olds, they signed on, I saw their game film and they're, I mean, the game is so advanced, like these yeah. 11-year-old kids, they're so skilled and Now it's it's a perfect scenario because they have the skill level. So now it's about giving them that hockey IQ side of it and helping them understand all these little situations, little nuances of the game, whether it be power play, you know, two-on-ones, attack and triangles and that sort of thing. So that's what, you know, what we do is we get the game film from the player, watch their shifts and create teaching clips from their game situations. And we upload it into a library for, for them to study. And then connect on, excuse me, connect on a Zoom call to kind of have that back and forth and, and a little bit more education on these things. So, uh, it's been a ton of fun. Um, you know, another piece I'm doing is, is combine camps in the summertime. So doing a combine camp in Bled, Slovenia in June, and that's somewhere where it's going to be off ice testing and on ice testing. And then through the course of the week, we're going to have a bunch of practices around 10 and five days. And then also three games, uh, that will be live streaming for you know, scouts teams to be looking in and watching these players. So, Awesome. kind of evolving into a different couple of different avenues but that that individual player stuff has been a, it's been a lot of fun for me um just handing my knowledge back to players and help watching it that's the best part when you get tell 11 year old kid like hey shimmy this guy up top sell this pass and then walk in and snipe the next time you watch this film he does it and he's like yeah it works it's, it's like it's like i don't know i love it man it's it's a lot of fun and, and you get the same reaction really with the pro guys Hey man, that worked. And then the answer is always like, do you think I told you because it wouldn't work? <laughs> you think <know? laughs> I wasn't trying to walk you down the wrong way, of a one way road. But um, so that's what I'm doing now. And again, it's been a lot of fun doing this in this lane and it helps, helps me be able to do it remotely. So um, it's been a great time.
0: And sorry, turn
3: in these games. It's a resource. Yeah. Um, this, I think this is a great way to, to maximize that.
0: So when you were playing, did you, did you ever get like the knack to coach? After your career, like what made you get into this?
3: Uh, Yeah, no, I wouldn't say like, I remember my last year in the AHL 2016, Tom Rowe would say it every day to the guys. You better respect Shrimpy. He's going to be your next coach. I mean, I thought it was hilarious at the time. I never thought about being a coach in that regard as far as the team. Um, the one-on-one stuff, I, I was always kind of like a, a talker and trying to help guys out, if you know, and help them see the game. So I always enjoyed that. Trying to help players see the other, you know, see perspective of the ice or see the ice in general, and yeah. different things. Uh, my old agent gave me uh, access to the Instat. He's like, "Trippy, check this out. I think you'll enjoy it." And I went in there, and it was unbelievable because then I could like diagram instead of like using a whiteboard and drawing chicken scratch on there. With these diagrams and these videos, you can literally highlight this space that's open, or or with visual, kind of building visual picture memory you can show these players like what these, what you're talking about, what's available, what you can try what's, you know, and that sort of perspective is, is super powerful. Um, in today's era, I think most kids growing up, they're learning most of the things they learn is on YouTube. They watch how to on YouTube and then they go and do it. Yeah. My last year playing pro, uh, official pro in Austria, that's where the light bulb went off for me. Guys on the bus were watching videos on Fortnite on how to make kills or do whatever you do in Fortnite. I'm not a gamer. And then they'd pull their counsel up and do it. And I was like, guys, you know, you can do the same thing with your game, like your hockey game. And I got like a Few shrimpy shut up. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So so I kept that in my mind. I'm like, That's, I think this is. I think this has legs because it is like that. You teach these kids. And the thing with me with video, it used to be like, people would show you like Ovi or Crosby or somebody else like, look at him, look at him doing this, which is fine. There's a lot of detail in that. But if you can take a player in his own setting, and his own and he's in this position and give him that information i think that's more powerful
1: hmm.
0: you know that's pretty cool yeah rip golf game golf game all right uh, we're a golf podcast we haven't talked about golf once <laughs> how's the golf game um, where are you at at it where are you at right now
3: i'm playing off a of three which is, is kind of dusty for me um i got dialed in for a while i was living in florida so i mean it's golf heaven down there in naples i was playing down to a 1.2 for for a long time um so the season's a little bit short here obviously florida it's open you know it's pretty much 365 yeah um so there's a good group here though sandis Lynch if you remember that name played for colorado yeah he's a sick defenseman he owns a course here in latvia It's pretty nice little track nice Not very comparable to Florida, but nice for here, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's doable. And then there's another course in Yirmala. It's a pretty nice track. So I get, I play in the summertime. There's a little tour here. It's called the RTM tour. Okay. It's really, it's actually really well done. You know, they every week on Wednesday and Sunday, there's an event. Nice. And then once a month on a Sunday, there'll be a major where we we go back to the back tees. Everybody goes back to the back tees and it's like, you know, Wednesday and, and Sunday to the normal day, it's whatever, 30 euros, a guy, winner takes a percentage of the pot. And then on those majors, it's 50 euros a guy, a little bit more money a little bit more, you see that a little more money goes in the pot. It gets a little more serious and um, it goes all summer long. And at the end of the summertime from each pot during the summer, they take a 10% cut. And then there's like a FedEx cup thing at the end. Nice. And uh, yeah, it just creates like a great buzz, you know? And it's, it's not like you see a lot of stuff for me, at least in the States, the men's league stuff, it's like guys just come every Tuesday to get absolutely buckled. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, <laughs> just crash cards and shit and smoke darts. So it's <laughs> nice that it's nice to have this little bit of a you know competition, so to speak, and, and guys get together twice a week. So it's it's really cool.
0: All righty, Rob, off to our segment called Questions from the Gallery, sponsored by Molson Coors. Uh, tons of great flavors now. I think there's what, 20 different kinds now, Rip? Maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of good Molsons out there. Beer, Vizzy, Seltzers, you name it. Check them out today, please. Drink responsibly and always get home safe. Um, yeah, Molson tours. All right, Rob, uh, go ahead, Rip. You can go first. All right, question one from question from the gallery: What is your ultimate foursome?
3: Ooh, <laughs> ultimate foursome? I go Phil, lefty, lefty. Uh, I gotta go to Tiger. I'd love to play around a round of golf with Tiger. And this is going to be pro, or this can be anything. This can be anything. anything yeah. Whew, a- that opens that the door, that door up. <laughs> that opens the door up. Heck yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of him. I would go J- John Daly. Whoa. Phil be. Nicholson, Tiger Woods.
0: That is a good foursome. All right. That's pretty good. I love it. All right. Nigel Dawes or you for tenure Europe?
3: Nigel Dawes. <laughs> Nigel Dawes for sure. He's, he's yeah, unbelievable. Wow. <laughs>
0: Once you asked to set a handicap, well, let's just set a handicap. We know you're a three. Uh, what's your low round? Low
3: well, round 65. Oh my God.
0: There it is. <laughs> wow. We had a player here.
3: Yeah. We you did. probably had salty
0: bits <laughs> around the green. Hey? Yeah.
3: I started chipping. I know this is talking. I don't care, but I started chipping and looking at the hole. from anywhere from around 50, heard, 50, 60 yards.
0: Yeah. I've heard guys do that. Sorry, I cut you off. It's better for targets. It's just like
3: hockey. You keep your head down, buried in your balls and you shoot the hockey puck, missing it all the time. And I just started feeling that with the golf. I'm like, why not just look at the pin?
0: Small, I started doing small.
3: it. Yep. And then you start throwing these little darts out there and you're getting your misses become different. It's, it's actually, it's, it's, uh, it's very effective, very objective.
0: So when you tee off, you're staring at the pin.
3: <laughs> I haven't had it. The driver's are crazy. Yeah. That's, that's quirky. I can't do it. With the driver's, <laughs> I got it. I got it down. I'll send you a video. I got it down. From like a buck, I can go seven iron down, seven
0: iron up. I can do it really. That's yeah, yeah. seven iron for sure.
3: Six right. iron down, it gets corded. The, the blade gets a little straighter, it's yeah, it gets some shanks in there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, players are hit and miss. You either pound the ball off the tee or they got nasty mitts, yeah. Funny. Yeah, like Mike Sillinger from Regina. He's he's got the silkiest mitts. He doesn't need his fucking horn tooted anymore, but no, he's his mitts that. on the court. He'll tell you now. <laughs> his mitts on the course are unbelievable yeah all right um what is your favorite beverage after around after a round
3: favorite beverage well now that i'm over here there's this beer called valme amusia that'd be my beer yep and then if i'm going to a cocktail it'd be a vodka spray ice cold vodka spray bunch of ice i love it
0: oh you and i have something to go to bar drink and i did the mission yesterday in morning skate so <laughs> no, same, first. same.
3: Yeah. <laughs> same, same, but different.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh okay. Why the Lindstrom curve?
3: I started off with the mcginnis and that was on the Sherwood 5030 feather lights that I used to rock. And then I found uh Easton's Easton came out with a focus flex blade and the Lindstrom curve came with that. So transferred from that uh wood to that kind of the same-ish, like the mcginnis had that round almost square toe. Yeah. And I like that square toe feature. And, uh, yeah, I stuck with it ever since I, I put a little cork on it now, these days, I put a like a Ryan O'Reilly.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I have that same thing on mine. And I got that from, uh, Andrew Ladd. I was down in Atlanta playing with him. And one day he's just turned around. He's like, Hey, do you mind if I fuck with one of your sticks? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. And he torched it and he took the toe on it with one of those, whatever the tools and bent the toe on it. And it was money. It's actually my last goal on the show it was against Henrik Lundquist. And that was a week after ladder, put that in there. If you see this goal, it's an absolute snipe and this <laughs> puck was stuck in that toe. And that's what it does when you bend that toe over. The puck stays in your sweet spot the whole time and it never leaves. Combined with that Lindstrom heel, that's deadly, man.
0: See, I have like that same little O'Reilly curve now on, on one of my sticks, but now I get them all from him. But the ones that I have from a buddy of mine that was drafted to D- Detroit gave it to me and I tried it. And this thing was like almost like, I don't know, it's like a hook at the end, right? So then yeah, a hard time keeping it low. Now I figured it out now, but like, yeah, that little toe is just nasty,
1: Sweet. You, can, you
0: know, top titty real quick. You must just get a boner from like all the <laughs> little toys you can do with your stick. Now, like all the variations you can have on your blade and flex and stuff like that. Eh?
3: Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. It's, I mean, the games evolved all over yeah. the place and the technology, you know, cause in the beginning, like we were torching them and doing that. And I, when I went to Red Bull my first time in Red Bull, I started doing it. I went back to that curve, but I was doing it with the torch. And I would torch it, and we didn't have the NHL tools. Like, we were, I was using a door for a while, literally putting the door, <laughs> closing the door, bending it. So it would break the fiberglass, and I'd shove it in an ice bucket, and it would keep it – it would form it back together, and it'd give me, like, maybe, like, five to ten shots with that stick. Those five to ten shots would be money. Yeah. But after going through, like, two dozen sticks in two weeks, my trainer was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> He's like, you can't do it. Like, you're burning twigs. So yeah. eventually I got my mold made up, and, you know, now I got that from Bauer. It's actually my custom my custom make or custom mold. So nice. Yeah, there's so much you can do with the twigs and technology is crazy right now. So it's it's great. So it's evolved a lot. Yeah. Rip.
0: All right. Um we're since we're talking about evolving, do you do you still wear <laughs> graph skates?
3: No, I did evolve. Man, I, I I had to. It's they were getting I was wearing those old seven oh threes. Yeah. The, the leather ones until where was my last year wearing them was it my last york? year wearing them what's that
0: was it new york with the white backing the graphs
3: yeah i wore them after that i wore them in sweden and i wore them in the khl and then the next year yeah when i went to switzerland i changed i didn't have a graph rep in swiss yeah. and they were having a trouble getting my specs i'm like just i'm like at that point i kind of had this feeling that i wasn't getting back to the show so i and i don't know if i should say this a lot I wasn't as particular about my shit as i should be or didn't Right, really care. I was like, just give me some bowers, <laughs> I like just yeah. whatever. Just put some new skates in my stall, please. So I w- I kind of changed like that. I wish they had more reps over there and taking care of me a little bit better. But I love those. I g- I want to go back to them now. Yeah. I'm trying to get a hold of them. Man, there's a yeah. company out of London. They're sick, man. Yeah. I especially doing forever. this. Yeah, they're they're the best comfort skate for sure.
0: What uh um, you ever wear uh, T blades, Rob? No, never. No. No. <laughs> I thought maybe you yoke, yoke and hash would wear uh wear some T blades.
3: <laughs> Those are horrible, man. Those were loud, they were obnoxious, they were awful.
0: Yeah. I I know a guy who he was playing it was Huey, yeah, played in the NHL, but when he went over to Europe, the skate like his equipment manager was just shitty at sharpening skates. So he got he put on T blades because he didn't have to sharpen them <laughs> as much.
3: Yeah. That's it, that's the thing. My first year, my first year in Sweden, I couldn't get in my new pair of skates for like three months because I couldn't get them sharpened properly. They didn't know how to, uh, the trainer we had is a great guy. hope he's not listening, but he had no idea what he's doing. He was selling kitchen stuff the year before he wasn't even in hockey. And so he had the equipment manager. He didn't know how to like, he didn't know how to do the, uh, radius on the skates and he didn't know how to set up a new pair of blades. So you know how to rock or do the radius. Yeah. And the first day I tried, he tried to do it. My first day I went on the ice, I literally took my first lap and my legs <laughs> went this way and the blades were so screwed up. I was full split, almost tore my groins. So I'm like, what the hell? So <laughs> I was in these rotten boots for like two or three months more than I should have been. But these are these are some of the things you run into when you go over as well. Like yeah. you don't have that full service. Like, you know, then another, one other story I'll tell you is like coming from the NHL background, like you used to get reps come in the room and they'd be like, hey, you, want, you know, if I'm using a bower they'd be a CCM rep and you want to try our sticks, we'll make you some up. And I'd always, yeah, I'll try them. You make me a couple or whatever, six sticks. I'll try them. So, you know, with that mentality, I was over in Switzerland, and same thing. We sometimes you get some reps come through, and they'd say you want to try our stuff, and I'd say yeah to everybody. If I didn't like them, I'd wind up giving them my brother. And in Switzerland, you have a budget, and I did not realize this. So I was saying yes to everybody. I got all these sticks. At the end of the year, I got a twenty thousand dollar bill. For all those gears that I bought, all those gears that I said yes to, the skates, the gloves, everything I said yes to, I had to pay for. It. I had no idea that you had to pay for this stuff.
0: Oh, brother. Uh turning any more? No. I have one more for you, Rob. It's uh we always ask this question. A piece a piece of advice for a young listener today, listening, whether it's to you know be a lawyer or doctor, hockey player, um, you know, just some advice for them.
3: Um, you know, one thing that it sounds it's so kind of generic but like dan Balsman taught me as a young kid especially as a young kind of cocky kid with like trimpy with all these people around you if you can give you one piece of advice he's like learn one thing from every single person and put your guard down for a minute and you don't have to be so focused on yourself but when you have this kind of resource whenever you're in any kind of business like the resources that are around you pay attention and learn something new from each person whether it's you know he said it too he's like whether it's i don't care if it's like a guy puts caesar dressing on his chicken and Pre-game lunch or how Dennis Bonavie ties his skate, whatever it might be. Just learn something new from each person. And that'll make you a better person. It'll give you more information and it'll give you different perspective on on everything. So that was something small for me that was actually pretty big. And now, again, as I mentioned a little while ago, that's part of what I have as a resource is all that stuff that I get to learn and all those things that people that I got to be around and collect you know, and maybe I didn't think they were useful at the time, but circle back now, again, I didn't play net from, but I did pay attention every day to Brian Smith and how he tipped pucks. Um, I did pay attention to these little nuances. So it it becomes, you know, it comes into your life in places where you wouldn't even um, kind of expect.
0: Well, Rob, this has been a blast today, man. I hope we can do it again. Um, You're a beauty skilled as hell Um, wishing you nothing but the best with your, you know, your, your, your business, Um, you know, let's stay in touch and do it again.
3: Sounds good, boys.
0: Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Rob. Last Mountain Distillery is a proud sponsor of Off the Hazel Podcast. Located and distilled in Lumsden, Saskatchewan. Last Mountain Distillery is a family-owned and operated located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan. The heart of grain country. Our success lies in our commitment in producing high-quality, handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best-selling, naturally-infused Dill Pickle Vodka, our naturally-infused organic cherry whiskey, apple pie moonshine, and more. Our craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Be sure to check them out at any retailer around the province. Nothing better than supporting local and enjoying a taste for all. All right, boys. Episode one hundred and five. Rob Shrimp, Shrimpy, unreal name too. Probably unreal nickname too as well. Shrimpy, yeah, sick. Shrimpy, uh, yeah, great interview. that we said, we talked about playing in the O, practicing with Merle's team at thirteen. A lot of like first round pick the NHL. He's legit, you know. Unfortunately, just a little ahead of his time, but
1: man, he's skilled. Oh yeah. He is nasty. Where's he from again? Slovakia or something like that? <laughs> no. He's from New York. Oh okay. Captain. Fulton. Fulton. Fulton, New York. New York. I'll get it. I'll get it right one of these days. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Living in Latvia.
1: Yeah. Rigo. Riga. 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 Riga.
0: Riga. Riga. Either way. In Latvia. Uh, good dude. Great time. Tap Rigo.
1: We're gone. You know what really grounds my gears part two? What's up when people when people are playing their music loud like on the speaker walking around the airport what a loser <laughs> what a loser do you buy any merchandise there or what
0: uh,
1: uh yeah well food Pack of skittles no dude
0: speaking of sugar yeah. Yeah. the greatest
1: right. airport snack in the world can't be those, those. Your
0: everyday glasses, Tori.
1: Sunglasses, what like, do you wear? Those like, like every day? Uh, I usually have them on my hat. Okay, cool. But.
0: Okay, <laughs> um, yeah, what else we got here in the recap? Here, boys, what's uh, what's up this week for y'all? Work, work, playing hockey. I got a good story from this weekend in our hockey. So we were extremely understaffed this weekend due to our school's dumb COVID rules. I hope they hear this. Um, So we had nine forwards, and about seven minutes in, our top centerman, Craner, dummies the goalie, splits his chin open, gets a five-minute goalie interference, so he's gassed. So the forwards are taking on a little extra ice time than we usually are. And uh, I was playing a ton, and I came in after the second – period and i was shaking like shaking uncontrollably so i sent my brother text and said go get me a coke <laughs> and he's like you're kidding i'm like no go get me a fucking coke i need one so i was cr- crushing a black dado on the bench like ovechkin during the third period was it a can or bottle 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 of coke yeah like chara yeah like chara Just Just guzzling. that's deadly you love to see it troy What's up? Anything? Uh, up? What else is up for us? What do you
2: uh, got? You uh one night shift here. A couple nights I gotta do yet.
0: Do you work yeah. Thursday at noon?
2: I don't believe so.
0: Big guess Thursday noon. We'll see you then. Okay. Uh sure. Tori, what do you got going on Thursday at noon? Boom. That's
1: it. That's all the
0: time uh, I get that'll be work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tory's at work. It'll be DTT. Wow, we have a lot of T's on this podcast now. We one D and three T's. Good one. We'll just, Troy, we'll we'll just leave what, it right there. Funny as the Robbie Shrimp ring joke. Uh, Troy, you wanted to say another note here. What else you got here?
2: Well, I just wanted again to, to say thanks for our sponsors at uh Give into our Golf. Last month still already. Yeah, Give them a, a call. 306 206 1270. Book your tea times. Get in there. What's Same the address? 6823 Rochdale Boulevard. Boom. And,
0: nice. as, and as Tori says, stay
1: hot, Troy. Boom. Check well, the game Stay notes. hot. Uh, Troy okay, always stays hot.
3: Oh, I, I got I got
1: one should... more. I got a free ad here. Nope. Sorry, Drew. Nope. Cool gel mattresses. Oh my god. I spent my first night in the new house last night. Yeah. Holy shit. Game changer. Really? Oh, baby. Another Sorry. free ad Who's here. Wants... Country corner Who's... donuts. Boom. Basically we're doing this
0: free now. So, awesome. <laughs>
3: All right. Um, See you, fellas.
0: See you, Tori. Safe travels, dude. Uh, Troy, enjoy the rest of your shift. We'll talk to you Thursday. Everyone else. Take care, fellas. So, see you, Turner. Love the boys. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. See ya.
1: Like you the feds, so she said she in love with a rock star, rock star. Wanna smoke my
3: weed, so she asked me where the top store, top
1: are